on the set all right and five four three Three. hey everybody (laughs) uh welcome to cranked and ranked another fabulous episode of cranked and ranked uh your podcast where where two of your best buddies in the world uh take some discographies and we rank them in the order that we've decided is the correct order for this podcast. Um, as usual, I'm here to, uh, to to guide you on this journey. My name is Steven, or you can call me Old Head, and with me as always, Mr. Eddie Sparks. Hello. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. That's true. Or, That's true. You have, yeah. you have been here for uh, not as many years as me, but you have been here. <laughs> And not as many years as LL Cool J either. Mm. But um, but yeah, <laughs> we're not talking about LL Cool J on today's episode, but we are. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Today, is this our first solo artist ranking? Have we ever done a solo Ooh. artist before? What, where the, the main guy is just one guy? Yeah. Have we done that? Um, I mean, I suppose when... When we talked about Dr. Dre and Easy E going off and doing their own thing, but but that was a that was attached to NWA, and then you had Jazzy That's Jeff the and the Fresh Prince, who are two guys, but we didn't mm. do Will Smith, whatever you know. Um, yeah. But I think that this is the very first like legit ranking of just a solo artists, um, and I guess when it comes to the, when I say solo artists, it sounds weird because um, everybody knows. By the way, we're doing Billy Idol today. Billy yeah. Idol, everyone. Um, and uh, everybody knows him as Billy Idol. Like nobody, it's not the other way around. You know, like when somebody like from the Eagles goes solo, they, like, they still remember him as an Eagle. Whereas like you say Billy Idol, yeah. people don't go, oh, that guy from Generation X. Like nobody ever says yeah. that. Um, <laughs> so he's just Billy Idol. Um, so yeah, Billy Idol is the subject of today's episode. We're going to be ranking all of his full length studio albums, which is at eight, eight albums. Um, so we got a, we got a packed little episode, but I think that this, I feel like this one's going to move at a, at a pretty good pace. Um, so this one was, this one was actually, uh, suggested by Eddie Sparks, um, because I, 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 I wasn't compl- I wasn't completely aware of this, but I am only a greatest hits Billy Idol fan because that's all that I knew. I yeah. I didn't I didn't realize that I had never really listened to a full album of his, um, at least not in a very 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 long time, where I didn't even remember. Um, so yeah, so Eddie brought it up, and I'm like, yeah, that's that'd be an interesting one to do. Um, so uh, so here we are. And we're uh, we're we're ranking some Billy Idol, and and as we uh, as we normally do, we talk about I, I guess where the artist came into our life for the first time. And my story is is just like everybody else's story. Uh, when I was a child, uh, my parents decided to get cable, 
and then all of a sudden we had MTV. And then you yeah. had MTV, and you would see the videos for Rebel Yell, for White Wedding, Dancing With Myself. He was, he was a big MTV it was a icon staple of the 80s. Of, of MTV. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I and I even had a, a, an album of his, but it was called Vital Idol, and it was like yeah. it was like remixes and stuff. That was twelve the only, inch remixes, yeah, yeah. That was the only Billy Idol album I ever had, um, and uh, and so that's that's it. And 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 I've never not liked whenever a Billy Idol song comes on, I'm all like, yeah, cool. Um, but it's, <laughs> but I've never gone any further than that. Uh, you sir, where did your Billy Idol? Uh, a connection begin. I would say it, this is another this is another San Andreas one. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, but also um, Guitar Hero Five because Dancing with Myself is on Guitar Hero Five, oh. and White White Wedding is on San Andreas. And I loved both songs, so I was like, "Ah, oh, dude, this guy fucking rules." And for a long time. I was also in the greatest hits camp. You know, I knew all of the big ones, but I didn't do uh, like a major deep dive. So it wasn't yeah. until like the last year or so that I really started to get into his stuff. But um, I started hearing a few tracks off of Whiplash Smile and thinking, God, where has this cool ass shit been? So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It would have been, it would have been adorable if you had said you were introduced to Billy Idol through the movie The Wedding Singer. Because <laughs> he's in that, and, uh, and yeah. it's, it's a it's a very uh, it's a very cute scene in that movie. I like I'm I like that movie, but I'm also an, an unapologetically an Adam Sandler fan. Um, I think it's because you know what you're getting into when you go to when you watch Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> you're not being yeah. promised something and then not given that. Like he's uh, yeah he, he delivers with what he's promising for you. Um, Too right. Anyway, <laughs> so yes, Billy Idol. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't really. I, it's it's interesting because that it, like <laughs> this will be an interesting conversation just because it's the first time. And I went through album number one chronologically and listened to all of them, so I got I to hear like you know how I was about to say the word progressed, but he did not. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the 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 history of Billy Idol, I guess. Um, which, which, you know, funny enough, starts with, you know, with a punk band. He was in a band called Generation X. And yeah. the song Dancing With Myself was a song by Generation X that actually is not on any of the albums we're talking about. So one of his most well-known yeah. songs is not one we're really going to be talking about. We can talk about it right now. It's a great song. One of the best yeah. songs of the 80s, in my opinion. Like, it is. How, how you get a party going? There's certain songs you got to play yeah. at a party to really keep it going. And dancing with myself is just like a no-brainer, you know? Yeah, it's it's a party song, 100. percent Like you start to hear like the, the you know, and that everybody just comes in like yeah. yeah. But my my favorite part in that song is that da 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 it's like so uplifting and, and fun, you know that that song has a great energy to it. Yeah, um, it does. I I, rem the, I remember when I was in my twenties, um, I used there was a club downtown that used to do. This is in Austin that used to do eighties night, and and the, and this was in like the late nineties, early two thousands, and and I and I was just was like because I I never wanted to go to like clubs where there was like dancing. 
But for some reason, yeah. when it was 80s music, <laughs> I was all about it. I was just like, yeah, this is fucking fun. So we would get drunk off our asses and go, <laughs> you know, I say dance, but really I just sort of swayed with a beer in my hand to whatever, yeah. you know, was playing. Um, and, you know, you, you always heard Dancing With Myself. You always heard Come On Eileen by Dexy's Midnight Runners. You always. Yeah. It was a, there were like songs that like if they didn't play it, you go to the DJ and be like, what planet are you from? Yeah. What the hell, man? <laughs> and if you were really, really lucky, somebody would throw on like Rock Me Amadeus and you'd be like, oh, fuck, it's over. It's over. <laughs> anyway, so that that's a, another little fun story of my my younger years. Um, anyway, so, yeah, let's, let's just go ahead and jump right into the uh, Billy Idol Okay. Every time I say the name, I I'm I, I'm about to say Billie Eilish, and I'm all like, ah, number number eight. Uh, when we all fall asleep, where do we go? Is that yeah. <laughs> but Billy Idol, oh. not Eilish. In fact, the Billies are also spelled differently. But you know, yeah. but you know what? You know, congrats to us for being contemporary and talking about something that's popular in modern times. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Billie Eilish too. I mean, she she's she's a lot different to the standard, you know, pop singer. So. Sure, sure. My my daughter's my daughter's a huge fan. shout out Billie Eilish. Yeah, my daughter's a fan, so I so I know I've heard all of her stuff because my yeah. daughter really likes her. Um, a, sh- a shout out she does not need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that that would be weird if that's the one artist that all of a sudden is just like we, 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 we you've been contacted by Billie Eilish's uh, management. <laughs> Because finally, somebody she likes is talking about her. <laughs> anyway, we can only cool. dream, right? Anyways, yeah, Billy Idol. We're going from number eight down to number one. Uh, Eddie Sparks, what is your number eight Billy Idol album? I really wanted this one to be higher, but I, I just couldn't justify it. So, like, I've I've gone for Happy Holidays, which is the Christmas album yeah. that he did. Let's, let's let's not fuck around. This is my number eight, also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I like the th- here's here's the thing. I honestly really liked it. it. I'm surprised at how his voice fits to it in like this weird way. It isn't a rock album for the most part. It's literally just straight up Christmas music. Yeah. Um. Like di- I didn't do a track by track, but what I will say is that it might have inadvertently become a bit of an Eddie Sparks tradition now to listen to this every Christmas. Yeah. Because, like, it, it, it has a lovable charm to it, but its appeal is in the novelty factor above all else. So, yeah. therefore, it, it, it does sit at number eight for me, but that that's only down to where it's... Uh, where it's at vibe-wise, you know? Yeah. It's interesting, though, that we decided to do this, this discography and this particular album, because it was first released in 2006, but it was just re-released, like, I think, last week with a, yeah. di- with a different album cover, which isn't as good as the original album cover, because just, yeah, him, the, just, just him on the cover of that, was, well, I'll <laughs> throw it up on the screen for people watching on YouTube, but I just, <laughs> it, it's, it, I, I love it. It's great. It's like, it might be the yeah. best Billy Idol album cover. <laughs> but uh but yeah it's also my number eight and like the first thing that i wrote down when i was reviewing this was why Um, (laughs) and that's only because i was a little bit disappointed because i saw that he did a christmas album and i said to myself this is gonna be so much fun but 
<laughs> they did basically nothing to make it a Billy Idol Christmas album, aside from him singing <laughs> on it. It's just like and saying can, it's, and saying, "Hi, I'm Billy Idol, and I'd like to wish you a very happy Christmas." Yes, <laughs> and but all of the music underneath him, it's just like they just took somebody else's Christmas album and then he just sang on top of it. There's no rock and roll yeah. element or new wave element or any of the things that you know Billy Idol for. It's just backing tracks with Billy on top, and yeah. There's none of his flair. Like it's like I get it that he's got kind of a crooner's style voice that he can do. Yeah. And so it it fits and it's fine. I would rather listen to this than most Christmas music because let's be fair, Christmas music is fucking awful. And <laughs> and any anything you can throw my way to like change it up and give me you know something to either giggle at or to go what? Um, that's what I want at Christmas time. That's why I'm all about like the Chipmunk Christmas album or the the Star yeah. Wars Christmas album. Which is that, could, that? I think that came out in the '80s. If anyone hasn't heard the Star Wars Christmas album, it is was wasn't it like co-produced by John Bon Jovi? Didn't he, he have some like involvement he in sing, that? He sings on it under the name John Bon Jovi. Oh, because <laughs> that's his real name. <laughs> but I just yeah. I just remember that there's a song, and I, 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 even from when back when I was a kid, it blew me away that it's. I think the song is just called "Merry Christmas to You," but it's got these weird voices that sound like they could be aliens or robots, and they go "Merry, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas to you." Have a little fun, eat a honey bun, and that's where I stop because I go, "Eat a honey bun!" Like, like who the fuck wrote this? Christmas song, because you know when I think of Christmas, what's the one food I think of? Honey buns. <laughs> anyway, that look up the Star Wars, the Star Wars Christmas album. It's out there somewhere, probably on the YouTube's to listen to. But we're on. We're, oh, we're talking shit. about Billy Idol's Christmas album. Um, yeah, this album it it doesn't need to exist. It's, but I understand like you know people like Billy Idol. And probably like his voice and him doing Christmas songs. Maybe the maybe the appeal of it is the fact that he just does them straight. He doesn't. They didn't yeah. try to punk it up and like have a very very punky Christmas kind of shit, you know. Yeah. And never mind. That would have been worse. So you know what? Good on yeah. you, Billy Idol, for just sticking to the standards. Um, but yeah, it's I will. I mean, maybe when Christmas rolls around, maybe I'll throw this on just as a goof. But yeah. Um, <laughs> But I'm pretty sure that, you know, give me another year where we're not talking about Bailey Idol right before Christmas and I will forget that this album even exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't listen to it again. So that's my number eight. Happy Holidays from Billy Idol, which boom, boom. See, we, we, we had those were all back to back. And then we're now we're moving on to number seven. Cool. So my number seven is Devil's Playground from 2005. Okay. Okay. Ooh, so, uh, I oh, dro- I, dro- I dropped my notes, but I only did it so I could do the news thing. Okay, we're professional. We're a professional yeah. podcast. You couldn't see that <laughs> in the podcast world, but I did. I did the little stacking of the paper thing that you, they they used to do on the news. I guess that makes you know for younger people, they're like, "What are you with paper?" <laughs> um, okay, yeah, number What's seven. What's De- De- Devil's Playground. Cool. So, uh, yeah, 12 years after the industrial commercial flop of cyberpunk, um, Billy Idol goes more stripped back than he ever was before when he just does a straight up 2000s pop punk album. Mm -hmm. Like there's no 
synth on here anywhere. It's definitely his most stripped back album. It does mark the return of Steve Stevens on guitar, though. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, shall I go into my track by track? Sure. So is, is the only album that Steve Stevens isn't on is Cyberpunk, right? He plays on everything else? Uh, he's, he's not on Charmed Life either. Oh, he's not. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah. That. All right. All right. Yeah. Let's let's go into the track by track for Devil's Playground. Cool. So, uh, where was I? Super Overdrive. Absolute burst of energy. Although I will say the very audible pitch correction on the vocals take away a bit of the bad boy vibe. Yeah. I have to be honest. But you have to give like, him some credit, if, though. I don't know if I, I don't. You, I don't know if this like hit you the way that it hit me. But on this album, like he sings in a much higher range than he does on most of his other albums. That's true. Credit where it's due. He does, uh, he does absolutely go way up sometimes. Um, world coming down. You can tell this came out in 2005. This is a full on pop punk track even has like a quiet chorus in there as well. And it's like, dude, that, that is like such a trope of the era. You know, it's it. I'm, I'm reaching a stage in my life now where I'm hearing stuff. I heard, when I was young and realizing how old I am, you know, and I, I know I'm not your age, but I'm starting to feel, uh, things I grew up on becoming dated and younger kids taking the piss out of it. And I'm like, dude, yeah, (laughs) I'm going to be yelling at kids to get off my lawn in a minute. (laughs) But, um, yeah, where was I? Rat race, pop punk, half ballad rocker. Sherry is a catchy tune. Plastic Jesus was like, meh. Uh, but Scream, <laughs> Scream. Now, this has serious Guns N' Roses vibes. Got to be honest, though, like, this is the only track I'm genuinely feeling so far. And I think this was, like, the main single from the album. Okay. Like, the, the first one. Um, but, yeah, this song kicks ass. Uh, and then you get Yelling at the Christmas Tree, which is clearly a precursor <laughs> to his foray into some festive... Uh, festive music yeah but and although this one is done in it more of a punky style so it's it makes yeah. a little bit more sense it's the liaison between the two albums you know my, <laughs> my favorite thing about like people trying to do christmas songs though when it's like not traditional when it's like rock or whatever like what are they always what's the what's the one trope they always turn to we have to have bells, bells. <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's, do, do, otherwise, do, do, is it really do, do, a Christmas do, do, song do. unless you have? You know, it's you know that's 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 that'd be like Iron Maiden not doing an E C D E chord progression. <laughs> <laughs> they should do they, Iron Maiden should do a Christmas album. That would be interesting. I'd pay for that. Yeah. Can you can you imagine a festive Eddie? I think there is one. I think there's like a Kerrang magazine where there's like a a. Eddie Santa. I'm sure cool. between different publications and fans, there's probably every kind of Eddie you can think of. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Somebody should do an Eddie Sparks Eddie. Like just take yes. take a take a picture of Eddie and then put or Eddie Sparks and then put Eddie the Ed on uh, on on his Ed. Eddie the Ed on Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Watching an episode of Ed Ed and Eddie. Uh, <laughs> See, that's that's not from my childhood that is a that's much more recent that which i, I which mine. at this point yeah because yeah. i'm like at this point that's that's like 20 year old show or some shit yeah fun fact that was one of the last mass-produced cartoons to use traditional cell animation wow interesting so 
so that's a little bit of knowledge I have bestowed upon the listener. <laughs> um, the tangents in this one are going to be great. Uh, probably, yeah, yeah. Get ready, everybody. Cool. So uh, Romeo's waiting. The the thing I found with this album is that you get some songs that are like, wow, that sounds really cool. And then you get others that are very of the era that perhaps they haven't really aged aged well. Yeah. Uh, but I will say uh, Body Snatcher is a pretty damn cool, heavy, hard rocker. Like if the rest of the album was more of this, I'd probably like it more. It's like a full-on heavy metal track. Um, Evil Eye is a post-grungy one. Sounds very late 90s, early 2000s. Like even, even quite late to the party for 2005. Um, Lady Do or Die is a is a country-ish one. Uh, Sherry uh, is like an upbeat acoustic kind of one. Uh, Summer Running, like the last few tracks on this record certainly wind it down nicely. Um, overall, you know, despite a couple of really cool songs, the majority of this album kind of comes off a little bit like, hey, fellow kids, I can also do this thing. Did you and see that Steve Buscemi dressed up as his Hey Fellow Kids character for Halloween. Did he actually? He, he did. That's that's amazing. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the way to kill it. Just go as that every year. <laughs> oh man. But like, th- th- to me oh sorry I was I was just going to say it's all you. uh it, it to me it doesn't sound like a Billy Idol album. It feels like a generic early 2000s pop punk act that happens to have an older Billy Idol singing on it. Yeah. So that it doesn't really have the signature sound apart from his voice. Man, you said you said most of what I'm going to say, because I'm going to say it all right now, because that's also my number seven Devil's hey. Playground. But I guarantee you from this point on, our lists are going to be different probably for a little bit. Um, cool. But yeah, Devil's Playground is like, even, even in 2005. So, okay, when I pushed play on this album the first thing i thought with it you know halfway through the first song i'm like this is like the first actual rock album that billy idol did (laughs) because (laughs) so much of his other stuff is so there's that's the thing that really blew me away going through his discography he does not rock a lot like as much as he's known as this um this punk guy there's very little rock (laughs) in in his discography Um, but this one's the only one that full on sounds rock. Like the guitars on this album are the loudest they would ever be on any, on any Billy Idol album. And um, I mentioned before that I, I thought it was cool that he was singing a little bit higher. But once again, that does sort of make the whole album feel like it's not really a Billy Idol album because all of a sudden he's changing up the way that he's doing some of his vocals, and exactly what you said, where it feels like. It's it's too it's too much of an attempt to cash in on the pop punk boom that had actually already ended in two thousand five, right? Like, isn't that <laughs> weren't we already on, done? You know, everyone was listening to like the Strokes <laughs> or something yeah. in two thousand five. <laughs> but um, there are like there are little glimpses of Billy Idol, the Billy Idol we know and love in there. But but I agree with you. It feels like somebody else's album, and it feels pretty generic most of the time. Um, I don't, the Christmas song doesn't even need to be on here. It feels very out of place when it starts. You just kind of go, am I listening to the same album now? Um, Mm. but you know, 
I, and this is a statement that I will say about most of his albums that I, cause I kept writing it down. It has its moments, you know, because that that's, I felt that a lot on the, on the, on his albums, but the, in this particular case, the few moments it has don't make up for the bulk of what it actually delivers, which yeah. is pretty bland, you know, even, you know, and, but like everybody, I feel like all the different, like older rockers that we've done, your Motley Crue's, your Poison's, once they hit the early 2000s, they all make this album. Yeah. This the, the Hey Fellow Kids album <laughs> where they yeah. where they take pop punk and and kind of make it an end of their thing. Um yeah. so I guess it make it kind of makes sense but yeah, this one was just I I uh, I got bored of it really quick and so it ended up mm. being uh my number 7. So we can quickly move on to our our, our number 6 Billy Idol album. Cool. Your, your so my six. My yes, my uh, Billy Idol number six. Oh shit! Blah, blah, blah. I apologize. One second. Some drinking music, maestro. <laughs> that was, you said that after yeah. you were done drinking. <laughs> I need to know ahead. That's of time. what keeps the show fresh. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, where cool. are we? number number six? Number six, Kings and Queens of the Underground. Okay. Which is his so, most recent full length, even though it's not really recent anymore, is it? Uh, it's his most recent. It it came out last decade. <laughs> yeah, it came out in twenty fourteen. He did. He did. He released an EP this year, but we're not talking about EPs. Um, nice. But yeah, but so it's been it's been a bit for a full length for Billy Idol. Cool. So uh, this one, uh, I I'm just gonna go straight into the track by track. This already feels. Uh, sorry. God, I need to find my bearings. Bitter pill. All right, 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 right here ready, we are. Ready? ready? Here we're, just, we're gonna we're gonna center ourselves. We're gonna take. We're a gonna deep zone breath. it, as Phil Towel would say. Yeah, you're gonna zone it. I'm gonna zone it. Period. Exclamation point. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Let's go to fucking Hawaii. Um, <laughs> so, uh, bitter pill. This already feels like a healthy mixture between his classic sound and the modern day. Mm -hmm. Um, The guitar and synth interplay has returned as well. Um, So fans of classic Billy Idol are really going to be happy to hear this. It's kind of like somebody Um, went to him and said, hey, that last album you did, you know, when people see a Billy Idol album, they kind of want it to be a Billy Idol album, okay? Yeah. (laughs) He's like, go ahead. It's... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Zone it, Billy. <laughs> um, can't break me down. Again, he's got a good mixture of modern alternative rock and his 80s new wavy kind of stuff going on. Yeah. Save Me Now. Cool to hear something that sounds far more honest than the previous record. One Breath Away. Really cool heavy part towards the end of this song. Quite Led Zeppelin-y. But then you get postcards from the past. Now this got a very loud fuck yeah out of me because this song is clearly built off of the chassis of rebel yell yeah but that is not a bad thing because this swiftly became a favorite of mine and um is a real love letter to um his his past and postcards from the past um speaking of which kings and queens of the underground is uh you know a power ballad chock full of references to songs from his past mm-hmm. kind of like how megadeth has that song victory where like a bunch of the lines in it are song titles yeah 
Um, and then you get Eyes Wide Shut is like a soft but powerful song. Ghosts in My Guitar is a smooth ballad with a great melodic guitar solo. Nothing to Fear is, has a cool groovy synth bass part. Love and Glory is a big ballad. And then you got Whiskey and Pills, which is this punky one to go out on. Honestly, like, th- this is the return of the sound of classic 80s Billy Idol yeah. in the modern day. So uh, for those who missed all of the synthy stuff on Devil's Playground, you can at least enjoy this one and have a... Uh, it's almost like there's two modern Billy Idols now. There's the one that did the pop-punk thing, and then there's the one that kind of accepted that he has like a style... Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, well. Cool. Well, I, I'm I'm not gonna get to that one yet. And but actually, like you talking about you know him having a style, um, I'll be talking about that quite a bit um, for my number six. Um, this may be uh, controversial because when I look up his his uh, discography, this is one of the albums that's considered <clears throat> essential. Um, so my number six is Whiplash Smile. From 1986. Ooh. So, in listening to all of his albums in order, this one follows Rebel Yell. Yep. And it's it's more of the same. Like, it's... In fact, it's... a It feels like a more watered-down version of Rebel Yell. And, and, hmm. and, I, and I get it. Like, the, the thing that I've... That I gathered... And I mean, I'll throw every album that he did aside from Devil's Playground in here. He doesn't stray away from what he normally does. Even if there's some other bells and whistles added onto it, if you strip it down to its his, its core, he's been doing the same shit since album one. And <laughs> now we now Whiplash Smile is album three. And sure, I get it. Why 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 fuck with a good thing? But the problem with this album for me is that all of a sudden the, you know, if I'm not just trying to enjoy the 80s vibe of it all and I pay attention to songs, the songs are just not very strong on this album. Um, And one of the ones that's like was the single off of this isn't even his song. It's a cover song. And so Mm. I'm just like, well, that's kind of I mean, it's fine, but it's, you know, it's kind of lame. But um the interesting thing about this particular album, though, is that like I was, you know, I was as I was listening to these, I was I was you know, reading up like on his wiki and other other articles and stuff I could see about him. And I realized that, like, you know, in the 80s, like people used to do one album a year, sometimes yeah. two albums a year. If you go back to the early 80s and late 70s and this album feels like an album that was done in one year, but it was three. It took three years between Rebel yeah. Yell and Whiplash Smile. And it's almost like it's almost like this album would have been the one that became that came before Rebel Yell. Cause it it just feels really it feels like a rushed album, even though I guess it probably wasn't. I don't know how long he actually was in the studio making it and how long they were writing it. But um a thing that I I may to some people be a an asset to Billy Idol is a little bit of a detriment if that's the correct word to me which is it's always the same 
for most of it, it's always the same combo of main songwriters with Billy Idol and Steve Stevens and the same producer all the way through Charmed Life. So Mm. you're not really getting different kinds of things from Billy Idol. And maybe he didn't want to do that. And that's fine because, you know, like I said, if you have something that works, why fuck with it? Now, Whiplash Smile ends up being at number six for two reasons. I said the one earlier that I don't think the songs are as strong. But finally, when I got to album number three is when I started to really realize that there is a whole lot of soft rock that Billy Idol did. And it's almost like he puts sometimes puts way too much emphasis on trying to be sexy Billy. Like, I need to be sexy Billy. And so Rockin' Billy gets like three tracks on an album with eight tracks, and the rest of them are different versions of Sexy Billy. And I'm just like, (laughs) as a person that only knows his hits, sure, you got like, you know, uh, 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 Flesh for Fantasy, but that that, even that has a kind of an edge to it. Eyes Without a Face. Eyes Without a Face is one of my favorite Billy Idol songs. So I get it that he, he does the softer stuff, and I like it, but I always thought that, oh, those are probably just the ballads in the album. But on an album yeah. like this, there's so much where I'm just like, where's the rock music <laughs> in this album? <laughs> um, so in, I, I, but that just, I guess that just comes with me being naive or, 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 uh, or ignorant about Billy Idol because I thought Billy Idol was a punky guy that had some new wave shit in it. But it appears that it's very much the kind of the opposite. There's a little bit of punk and rock in it. Most of the yeah. punk is just his image. And so uh, Whiplash Smile is just an album where I go, you know, if somebody threw this on and we were just hanging out, I, I would enjoy it. But trying yeah. to pick the albums apart, I go, yeah, this is the one where I think he was kind of spinning his wheels a little bit um, and uh, just kind of going with the going through the motions, I guess. Um, so that's why Fair it enough. ends up being my uh, my number six from 1986. Whiplash Smile. What does that even mean? Whiplash Smile. I don't know, but it sounds fucking cool, dude. And that's enough for 86, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to... Uh, man, we're already at number five, huh? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, boy! Woo! So uh, my number five is Cyberpunk. Cool. All right. Not the game, the album. The amount of times that I accidentally clicked on cyberpunk. <laughs> like, also, like also the term, the term cyberpunk, like it, when somebody would say cyberpunk, I'd be like, isn't there like 500 albums that have that title? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is one of them. Yeah. Like th- this is a big one too. Uh, 20 tracks. <laughs> hey. <laughs> more like, more like cyber spunk. Ah! <laughs> I'll be here all night, folks. <laughs> that was really good. That was really quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So uh, yeah, Cyberspunk. This is a big one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He means big, as in long, as in the album. Big, as in long, as in like moi. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You get Sexy Eddie and Sexy Billy in the same episode. It's true. You know what? I'm okay with yep. Sexy Eddie because he, he didn't promise me anything else but sexy. So <laughs> <laughs> It's the first thing on my job applications every time. Sexy guaranteed. 
<laughs> oh, human resources have a field day with me. <laughs> but yeah, um, so this album is, is 20 tracks long and it's clocks in at 74 minutes, which is pretty much the dead-on exact amount you can fit onto a CD. Yep. And this is a 1993 release, so this was when CDs were starting to overtake significantly yeah. every other format. Um, so in the intro, you get this kind of dramatic speech that opens the album, which is pretty cool. And then you get uh, Wasteland, and you can hear like flat out that it's the early 90s. Like He's gone down a more industrial route with the production but he did keep i'll say to his credit he did keep the badass 80s guitar riffage so that remained um then you get interlude which is some voice clips to set the tone there's a lot there's a lot of interludes on this album there are i'm pretty sure like they're numbered and there's like five if you wait hang on there's intro outro and five interludes so seven of the tracks on here are actually just little short ones, but uh, it's still a very long album because quite a few of the songs exceed the five-minute mark. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, as I was saying, Shock to the System's catchy as fuck. I'm enjoying the album so far. Like, this is a fucking tune. Um, and then you get Tomorrow People, which is this uber 90s vibey one, followed up immediately with Adam in Chains, which is another uber 90s vibey one with a big ass speech at the beginning um then you get neuromancer which borders on industrial metal power junkie is one of the heaviest tracks he's ever done killer guitar parts on that song uh interlude 2 little little speech in there Mm -hmm. uh love labors on now this is an interesting one to me because the guitar parts gave me an 80s judas priest meets 90s pop ballad feel which is a really weird combo but it works for some reason Mm -hmm. but you know i could tell tonally um the guitarist on here unfortunately who i don't know the name of because he's not steve stevens who who we got let's give him let's name him i feel i can i can name the bass player on this album oh it's doug wimbish who would who would around that time join living color holy shit no way. Yep. I don't know if he plays on every track, but he I think he's the majority of the bass guitar is Doug Wimbish. Damn. I, I'm sorry guys, I'm just doing a on the fly on the fly shout out to uh to Guitar Man. <laughs> way to go, Mark Guitar Young- Man. Who? <laughs> Mark Younger Smith is his name. Is that one word, Younger Smith? Uh, younger hyphen Smith. So, oh, okay. um, as opposed to Mark older Smith. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. He, that's his, oh. that's his older brother. Nice. <laughs> 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 so, um, yeah, where, where was I at? Power Junkie, one of the heaviest tracks, Interlude 2, Love Labor's On. Yeah, it, it, you can tell someone was listening to, uh, Glenn Tipton's guitar tone when they did this song. Um... Then you get Heroin, which is a full-on 90s rave cover of the Velvet Underground track. Mm -hmm. Um, Interlude 3 is a wind sound effect. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Man, I feel like we've been talking about this album forever, and you're at Interlude 3? Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. Um, Shangri-La is this, like, big video game music vibe 
on this song. I, I love sitars, so that was cool. Uh, Concrete Kingdom, most of this album is computer hacking montage music, and this is one of the <laughs> coolest ones on here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, also, this was, I think, I believe this was, this album came out around the time where, like, everything was about computer hacking like yeah. all, there are movies about computer we gotta hackers. hack the mainframe yeah <laughs> and it's i remember when this album came out like he, and he was like the new billy idol i'm cyberpunk and his whole thing with like the cyberpunk yeah. style that he was going for and even at the time in 1993 that was already like over with and outdated like everyone was just like yeah what <laughs> <laughs> like he really seemed like an old guy that had discovered technology even back in 1993. My favorite part of that whole era is the fact that he sported uh what is it blonde dreadlocks during this time. Like yeah, that's ne- never 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 a good idea. I'm just going to just going <laughs> to That's just my opinion. That's just one man's opinion, okay? If you uh I won't go into it, but you know, there's there's <laughs> There's certain people that that you know are perf- that look perfectly fine and are perfectly cool with dreadlocks, and there are other people that should just fuck Not. off. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, then we get interlude four, which is like a, a, a Terminator esque sound effect. So I have to um, I have to ask you something. When you go through and listen to this album, do you hear any kind of cohesive story or anything happening or because I, 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 when I first saw there was all these uh, yeah. interludes, I had a feeling that, oh, there's maybe there's like a story, but it isn't, if there is one, it seems pretty thin. Well, he, here's, here's my thing. I went into it with the mindset of fucking machines, man. It's like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't trust these machines these days, man. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, Venus is a groovy one. Uh, then the night comes is a catchy one. Interlude 5 is this spooky nature meets machine sounds kind of thing, which is pretty cool. Uh, Mother Dawn is like an uplifting one to close out on, and then you get outro. Um, yeah, this is a cool album. It has its moments, mm-hmm. but uh, it also has some it also has some cringe. So <laughs> Yeah, it, it's 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 funny because as much as I can poke fun uh, at this album, it's not my number five. Um, I'm not surprised because it, it it it's a it's a bold album. It does yeah. show a big evolution. So I can um, see you putting it higher. My uh, my number five is actually uh, Kings and Queens of the Underground from 2014. Ah. Uh, and this will be quick because like the reason why this you know is not close to the bottom. It's you know it's like you know I guess middle ish. Um, is a lot of the things that you said. Like this feels way more like an honest Billy Idol album. Um, yeah. I love. I, lo- I, lo- I was so happy to hear drum machines and and synths in it, <laughs> and the fact that the guitars all they 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 kind of brought everything down evenly again. Because I think the thing that makes Billy Idol's music unique and fun is the fact that the guitars and the synths are kind of at the same level. Occasionally, yes. one will be louder than the other, but I think a lot of times they they're they're equal footing. Um, but it does still sound pretty modern. I mean, it's 2014, but um, yeah. there's a great energy to this album. In fact, like I was surprised at how much I just enjoyed all of the album. Like at that point, I yeah. had just done Devil's Playground, and I just went, "All right, let's finish this up with Kings and Queens of the Underground." And like you know, halfway through, I was just like, 
all these songs surprised. have cool shit. They're all fun. Yeah. And um and it kind of gives you what you want from Billy Idol. You want he he has his signature sound and the songs are good enough to where they keep a a nice cool fun vibe going the whole time. Um and so I like the combos, the combo of the pop and the rock and everything. And it's done really well. And especially the fact that this is like 32 years after his debut, that mm. he's able to still, you know, put out an album that like is at least, you know, if you're a fan of his old stuff, you'll enjoy this too. And that's, that says something because, you know, there are some artists that, you know, they peak in the eighties and then they never put out anything that anyone's really happy with ever again, you know, (laughs) except for the Uber fans. But, um, yeah, overall I'd say Kings and Queens, the underground is, uh, is, is a fun album. And, uh, that's, I was all, all I was really looking for. I was like, as I was wrapping up his discography, I was just like, I just want to have some fun. And he said, all right, or something like that. I don't know. That was very good. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> so that, that wraps up our uh, our our uh, top top five or bottom five. Cool. <laughs> can I? Can you name another song by Shaba Ranks besides that one? Uh, bombastic, or is that? Oh, he did Mister Bombastic. Yeah. They call me Mister Bombastic. Bombastic. Did he do? Did he do the vocals in that song? Is Mr. It, called, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Is that him? That's on that one. Wasn't me. Did you call me in the It Wasn't me. Yeah. Is that? Was yeah. that? I don't know if that was him or not. I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. We gotta. <laughs> really I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna edit it. I'm gonna edit it here because it'll be a weird transition <laughs> if all of a sudden it just swipes to us talking about Shaba and like Shaba. Everyone will be like. What happened? <laughs> or maybe I'll leave it. Oh, in. Just a little, little bit of Shaba. Little bit of Shaba. Shaba. Right. <laughs> you gotta right, cut it all... in there, dude. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Cut it in on the Shaba. <laughs> okay, so we did so we did oh yeah, we just finished up five. So now we're on top four Billy top four. Idol albums. So uh so let's let's move in to your number four. Cool. So my number four is Happier Than Ever from 2021. <laughs> <the> Billie Eilish. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that is a Billie Eilish album. Her most recent is <laughs> Featuring hits such as... <laughs> it <is a> <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So, I, sh- I should know, but I don't, I don't know. I think there's a song called Happier Than Ever, I think, on that album. I need to do a bit more of a dive of that one, but I really liked the first one, and I like what I've heard of of the new one too. So uh, yeah, yeah. But Ooh, uh, that ranking is idle. That ranking's far off because we need we need her to have a whole career that we can rank in about like ten years. Yeah, 10, she's 20 got years. She has like a mini album and two albums. That's that's not a very interesting episode to yeah. Rank. <laughs> okay cool number yeah. four <laughs> billy idol number four billy idol charmed life is my number four okay cool so i kind of i kind of uh, have a feeling i know where you're going from now on <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah like this album sees him adopting like a little bit more of the hard rock hair metal-ish kind of sound 
a little bit. I know. I just I just held up my my fingers, Shanks, saying "little bit." Like it's like yeah, it's still pretty soft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it it's moments where he does rock. He does have the like hair metal chord sequences and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go f- go for uh, I'm gonna go from a track by track. So the loveless. Uh, that classic rock organ in it is so cool. It gives me Boston vibes. Uh, Pumping on steel. That is a full-on 80s metal chorus, Pumping on steel. Even even the words, everything. Like, oh, I fucking love that song. Um, Prodigal Blues is is just kind of a bluesy rock song. L.A. Woman is a rocked-up Doors cover. Um, Trouble with the Sweet Stuff. Is this awesome vibey track. The song has a cool, sleazy, dark mood to it. Um, Cradle of Love, catchy tune. Real soft one, though, like like you say. like uh, He does know how to do those soft rock songs. Um, which, which is funny because like, I think that, that was it was touted as like a, a, a loud rock song when it came out, but like by today's yeah. standards, it's like, all right. Rock the cradle of love. <laughs> and you know, we're going to talk about the title of the song. Like, what does that even mean? And are you, when you, when you do a song that's very charged with sexual energy and you keep using songs, uh, words like little girl and, and child, I'm just like, yeah. Billy, come on, man. It's, <laughs> it's 1990. Get some older women. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you got Mark of Cain is another vibey kind of one. Uh, Endless Sleep. Like, this album definitely has this, this like, weird, cool, dark mood to it. it like, yeah. feels like a nighttime kind of album. Uh, Love Unchained, some great guitar parts in this one. The Right Way has some fuck-yeah riffage going on. This is a rocker. License to Thrill, badass song. This album kicks off in the late end of the album, rock-wise. Um, well, except for the, except for except for the song the, the song that you just mentioned that wraps it up, which is called yeah. "License to Thrill," is a soft yeah. song that's not thrilling in the slightest. So it's yeah. like <laughs> Billy, if you have a license to thrill, when are you gonna start using it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, I've got a few few more tracks here. Did I uh, did I do a little bit of a fucky wucky with some bonus tracks? Yeah, well, that's got, that, that's the. I think the license to thrill wraps up the original album, but you can mention ah, some, we have plenty of time in this episode. Mention some yeah. uh, some extras. I got uh, three eleven man. It's kind of funky rocker, and then love child. I put as an upbeat album closer, but it's not the album's closer originally, but it did for me. I so. mean, maybe <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, but I thought I thought that that was how it uh, how it wrapped up. But you know, who, who knows? These days, it's that's so confusing with all of this streaming music and. Everyone's got to add extra songs. I'm just like, oh, damn, Jesus. damn kids these days and their convenience. <laughs> I, 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 I almost just wanted to be a point where like, if you, if you re-release an album and you add extra tracks, you got to give back all the money from the original album and start over. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's too much trouble. If you have all these B-sides and stuff, then just make a B-sides compilation that you want to put out. That's it. <laughs> I'll you know if I'm a fan I'll buy it anyway. Oh yeah. Um so yeah, my number 4 we're going to I'm I'm going to um move the one after. I'm a Cyberpunk from 1993 is my number 4. Um the most interesting thing about this album for me is it's the one that's it's supposed to be like the futuristic album, but 
listening yeah. to it in order, it sounds more out of date than his debut album does. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds so just like, wow. Like remember, remember when we, everyone thought that was future music? Like this is what future yeah. music sounds like. But really, like I said before, like if you, if you take down the bleeps and bloops and the interludes, it's still the exact same shit he was already doing. They just had a different guitar tone and, and maybe more expensive gadgets to, for the synths or whatever, but yeah, <laughs> he didn't really do anything that different here, but yeah. I'm giving him credit for the presentation because like the album isn't boring. It's very long. Mm. It has its moments where I go, we could have left that song off, but overall mm. I, I, it's kind of cool to listen to. I, I, it's almost like, retro in a way even more retro than his 80s stuff this sounds very retro in in a in a fun way to me but um when the album came out like the whole the actual futuristics part of it was the fact that he was one of the first people that was promoting it using something called the internet and like in 93 you know it was like the internet is like like, like who uses the internet? Like the, the, the yeah. government? Like, I don't even know, you know, I, I don't think I had a computer in my house until like 1996, I think. So, um, but he did a whole lot of that kind of thing where he was using sort of the modern, the actual modern technology to promote an album that seemed a little bit out of touch with modern technology, <laughs> musically speaking. Um, and of course, you know, it's, he had he he changed up his wardrobe and his hair and and it so it really just seems like like he, he his he, he his heart was in the right place and saying like I need to do something different that stands out and he did but at the end of the day it's he's still Billy Idol and he and he has yeah. only so many things he can do and so cyberpunk is kind of like you know producers coming on board and saying like all right well you got the same old shit let's just fucking pump it up and put some new to hair and makeup on it and uh you know, do a cool promotion, and uh, and there you go. You're 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 now relevant again. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's fun, but I don't think it's fun in the way that he intended it to be fun. Is is kind yeah. of my point. Um, <laughs> but it's uh yeah, but it, and once again, it it was it was that thing. Like I can't even I can't even stress how much in 1993 them announcing that the album was cyberpunk just had everybody going. Oh, another one. another another cyberpunk very very great are you gonna report everyone to the cyber police you know it's (laughs) anyway and it was just and it's so but now it's kind of cute but back then it was like billy idol come on anyway yes (laughs) cyberpunk it it seems like i don't like this album but i actually did i actually did enjoy a lot of things about it um yeah god damn it's long uh so there you go number four cyberpunk Cool. So uh, we're in the top three now. Top three. Cool. So this episode's bronze medal goes to Billy Idol. Okay. His debut. This, was that 1982 or 81? I think. When it's, I think it's 82. Yeah. yeah. So th- this one's a bit all over the place stylistically, but it does have its bangers. So like you got Come On, Come On, which opens the album. And I get strong poison vibes from this song i mean i know obviously billy idol came first but this album has a lot of stuff on it came a lot (laughs) (laughs) we are on it with the zingers today steven 
Jesus. <laughs> That's the way my brain is wired. I apologize. If if if, if, if I, I was if, if I was his producer and he was like, this song's gonna be called Come On, Come On, I'd be like, no. <laughs> this is some dude in the future is just gonna make jokes about it. <laughs> anyway, though, yeah. that being said, it's a fun song and mm-hmm. it's a good opener. Uh immediately followed up with White Wedding Part One. And like it is honestly one of the greatest songs of all time. It's a quintessential like, 80s song. Yeah. It's one for the ages. And it, it it's one of those two that hasn't aged poorly. Like it's no. just one of those that you stick on and it's like, hey guys, shut the fuck up. White wedding's on. Like <laughs> yeah, but it, it also goes along with that thing. I when we bef- last week, I think when we were talking about doing this episode. I was t- telling you about how from an American's point of view, it's just, it's very weird that the eighties, if you start throwing out eighties music to me, the majority, majority of it is by British people. Like the, yeah. like take, like take, you know, Michael Jackson and stuff like that out of the equation. Just the songs that make you, when you hear them, you go, Oh, that's eighties. Those songs are like, you know, the human league or, or or uh, aha yeah. or a uh, flock of seagulls. I think I'm I'm pretty sure like all of these artists, Billy Idol, Duran Duran, Duran Depeche Duran, Mode. Depeche yeah. Mode. It, it, like it's all British music. But like I didn't, I never thought about that before until you know. And then I'm all like, yeah, all this music that defines a decade in America yeah. is all British music, and that's obviously that's because. American groups weren't making enough music videos for MTV, so MTV showed all of these British groups. And yeah. so and then 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 that's the way that history is remembered. History is remembered where the 80s is dominated by the Brits. And that's uh, and I have no problem with that cuz I love you guys. You guys are great, you know. I don't know hey. why people got to talk <laughs> shit about your teeth all the time cuz your teeth seem okay. <laughs> See that? Mine are fucking great. And um, Yeah. But uh I've also I've also heard I, I believe I believe Howard from Acid Rain also said that you had an accent that he it, it's it it's it doesn't come from anywhere like you, you have an accent where he can't tell where you come from. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like it, it really does depend on who I'm talking to. Like if if say for example I'm talking to my grandparents, I am almost unrecognizable because I I I immediately go over to this bloody uh southwest kind of thing like and they'll be like oh what's on with you oh not much matt and it's like like completely different yeah from person to person but i suppose like in a way i've kind of i've kind of adopted a lot of american slang into my lexicon as well where yeah. i've it it's all just become a big mishmash of like is this guy a uh, SoCal hair metal dude from 1984, or is he uh, some local Cornish guy? <laughs> I, I I almost feel like we our childhoods were were similar in certain in that in the respect that you you very quickly became very interested in American like movies and music and television and stuff like that. Yeah. And when I was growing up, because of my older brother, I was really into British culture. Obviously, British mm. music from the '80s, but also British comedies and films. Like you know, I so like I, you know, 
maybe I could attribute that to the fact that I don't sound like I'm from Texas because yeah, I, I, I was, you know, I was a fan of a lot of American stuff, but I wasn't, you know, I was, I was introduced to a whole lot of, of British things when, yeah. I, when I was young. So, so maybe that's what happened to both of us is that, you know, we, we were, we were, we were, we weren't so stuck in just our surroundings yeah. that it affected how we present our, our, our speech, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Not, not to, not to sound pretentious, but you know, we're, we're cultured individuals. We, we know a lot of stuff <laughs> from a lot of different places and that's, I know, I know it, a lot of stuff from a couple different places. Not a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you come to me and be like, what was the most popular eighties album in Japan? I'll be like, fuck, I, I don't know. It's probably Michael Jackson. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a Mr. Big album. <laughs> oh, it could, it could be. Anyway, Could be. so yeah, so yeah, Maybe. so that's what the, when you because you, you were talking about White Wedding and it's just you know it's it's one of those songs that you hear it and yeah. you're just like this is this is the '80s. This comes from the '80s, yeah. um, also from from England, from jolly old England, as they say. Do they Hell say yeah. that anymore? I mean, it depends which fucking town you go to because everybody <laughs> says different shit depending on where you are in a ten mile radius. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's wild. Britain's wild, dude. When it comes to when it comes to accents, it's nuts. Like you can travel I, half an hour and not understand a word someone's saying. <laughs> yeah. Also, also the 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 battles between cities that are just they're <laughs> like in, in comparison to America are so close to each other. And, yeah. And I can't I can't imagine a scenario where like like I told you there's that great documentary that that, that uh, Banger I think Banger TV put it out which was called This Is Pop. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. And they did an episode all about uh Britpop and about that one time where Blur and Oasis put out singles at the same time and it hadn't and 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 it seemed like the the push had nothing to do with the quality of the music it had to be like well these yeah. guys are from manchester and these guys are from london so we're yeah. so fuck those people over in manchester and i'm just like yeah. i can't imagine yeah. <laughs> two bands putting out stuff one from from texas and one from california never mind that probably yeah. would happen in texas they'd be like we ain't going <laughs> to listen to no californians with all their gays <laughs> and their gluten freeze <laughs> <laughs> But it's just such an interesting and all thing. all their iPods. Wait, how do I turn this on again? <laughs> I don't want to hear any of that woke culture from California. Anyway, but it's just so weird that like you, your 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 country is not huge, but no, it, but if you but if you go from one city to another, you could meet two people that make you feel like you're thousands yeah. of miles apart from each other. So yeah. it's, it's very, it's very interesting. Also, you got way more history in your country than we do, <laughs> but still, I suppose. Well, you mean you, like, have, you it, have, I mean, think about it. What, what is our, how old yeah. is America? A few, like, several hundred years old. That's it. Yeah. And then, and then England is insane. like, yeah, you go back to, to when people were, were galloping, banging coconuts together. That was, yeah, uh, that was a Monty Python <laughs> reference, but anyway, you know, you know what, man, I meant back in the medieval times. Yeah. Back when men wore cod pieces. <laughs> and actually, chopped each other's heads off actually, for believing the wrong thing. And now we'll come back to the 80s where men also did wear cod pieces from time to time. Hell yeah. What a fucking segue. Sorry. Yes. Back, back into Billy Idol's so, uh, solo album. That was, a, that was a fun little tangent, but let's, let's get back to business. Cool. So uh, where was I? Hot in the City. 
swift turn oh, into a way. Yeah, like way more on the new wave not kind a, of spectrum. Yeah, not a rock song. <laughs> yeah. After coming off the heels of Come On, Come On and White Wedding, it's such a fucking left turn, but it's cool. It's like, oh, so he also does this. Um, Dead on Arrival slams us back into the rock zone. Um, Nobody's Business is another one of those songs that gives me the poison vibe. Like, I'm sure... Brett Michaels was a big fan of this album because I hear oh, so yeah. much of what he does on this album. Um, Love Calling, weird song. I can't tell if the chorus bangs or it's cringy, but it's an interesting track. Try both. If you want a rubber dub, rubber dub, like that bit. Yeah. Um, Hole in the Wall, like this is a driving at night through a neon city song, if ever I've heard one. Um, Shooting Stars delay pedal much oh. um <laughs> yeah it's got some cool dreamy guitar parts on there it's so cruel is a nice ballad and then you get congo man which is just this short world music outro yeah um but yeah it's it's a cool album but i feel like they'd refine the sound on the next couple so uh yeah awesome yeah 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 i i, I hear you on that one um that's not my number three. My number three is uh, uh, Charmed Life from 1990. Hey. Nice. So I'm going to go off on a little story just because I, I always like to put into context like how these albums were presented to me. Um, so, you know, 1990 rolls around and everyone's like, you know, oh, there's going to be another Billy Idol album. And I wasn't a fan, but I knew who it was. And then all of a sudden they premiere the new music video, which is Cradle of Love. Um, who, which was directed by future superstar director David Fincher, who did movies like, I think he did seven and uh, other movies. He did eight and nine. I don't know. Um, he did other movies too. But uh, <laughs> didn't he do a- the Alien 3? I think maybe he did Alien 3 also, which I actually yeah. like. That's an underrated Alien movie, I'm just going to say. Anyway, so... The, the Cradle of Love video comes out and, and it has all of the tropes of what were going on in around the late 80s. To it, Luckily, it ended around 92, thanks, thanks to grunge and things like that. But there was this thing that would happen in a whole lot of... It wasn't just music videos. It was just... It seemed like in, in pop culture in general <laughs> where the, there was the idea of there's a woman... And she is just so sexy that it's yep. scary and you can't control it. You can't control <laughs> yourself. And so the whole video is like literally this lady shows up and she's like, I have this cassette tape. Can I can I play it? Which at first, first of all, I would be like, bitch, no, I'm not. Yeah. I don't know you and I don't know what kind of shit is on that cassette. No, you can't come into my fancy house and play your cassette. But he it's lets 12 her in. straight hours of agadu. <laughs> so, but he lets her in. She puts the cassette in. She cranks everything up because this song is going to blow your socks on your ass. <laughs> and of course, you know, it comes on and like he's frightened by it. Like, oh, my God, what is this music? And then all of a sudden yeah. she's dancing provocatively. She spills something on her blouse. So she has to take off her blouse. And the whole time he's just like... <laughs> what do I do about this? And, 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 you know, she ends up going into his bedroom and completely removing all the sheets and trashing his bed, which at that point I've been like, get the fuck out of here. Like, like who comes over and just ruins my sheets like that? You know, I don't know where you've been. So this is, 
But like, and like, it, it's just so funny because like the whole thing is just this guy who's so frazzled. He doesn't know how to handle this woman is beyond hot. Side note, she's not. But it's just, it's just like, it, I guess by 1990 standards, you're supposed to think that this woman is hot. And I guess maybe, I guess many normal dudes do, but I'm not one of those. But, um, it's just so funny that it's presented in this sort of this da- da- this dangerous, sexy woman, and <laughs> and in the, by the, by the end of it, like like the like like plates have fallen off the wall and broken, and mm. and like his house is a mess, and he is visibly shaking because he's so like I don't know scared of her sexiness. I have no idea, but it is just. Like if I were David Fincher, I'd be like, please don't bring up that music video <laughs> because I, I'll give him credit. It's well done. But like it is like I'm so glad that's not a thing anymore. There's just the videos like that are just a thing of the past because it's just even even when I was young, I'm just like, why is this video a thing? <laughs> but guess what? It got played on MTV like a million times. And so, you know what? They got their money's worth out of it. But um, bada bing, bada boom. So that was my intro to "Charmed Life." Was the song "Cradle of Love," which is, um, it's it's fine. Take away all the the weird, creepy vibes of the lyrics, and you have a pretty <laughs> damn good pop song from 1990. Getting onto the album now. Sorry, I had to go off on a little tangent about "Cradle of Love" video because it is. Yeah, hey, that's cool. Um, <laughs> so once again, this album took four years from "Whiplash yeah. Smile," and guess what? Very little has changed in four years for <laughs> Mr. Billy Idol, except for, I guess, I didn't know Steve Stevens wasn't on this, but he's not, apparently. Um, Mr. Guitar Man himself is the guitar player, which I don't know his <laughs> name either. Um, so clearly he's very committed to his formula. Billy Idol is like, look, here's what I do. Let's do it again. It actually gives me the the vibe that it it wouldn't surprise me if in between albums, Billy Idol is cryogenically frozen. Yeah. <laughs> and they've been refreezing him after every album cycle. And then they just let him back out. And he's like, it, well, it's 1983 now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then That's he makes such another a good way album. To put it. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I have to say, I did put this album at number three because it does have a, a handful of songs that I'm like, these are cool songs. And it's got a cool vibe to it. But once again, there's a whole lot of sexy Billy going on here. Mm. Um, the one thing that I do remember about this album, too, is that when uh, when the Billy Idol Charmed Life tour rolled through Austin, Texas, the opening band was Faith No More. And um, I and that made me want to go. And I remember I had a friend, I think, you know, because I would have been in junior high and I was really into Faith No More. And a friend of mine got to go. I was just like, oh, why can't I fucking just go see bands I want to go see? It would be years before my <laughs> folks would let me go see a band. But I was just like, you know, that's awesome. I, I'd go see Faith No More and then maybe watch some Billy Idol. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, Charmed Life is like same ideas, same producer, similar results. Th- this is this This album, because when we talked about 1990 before, we talked about how Half of the albums that came out in 1990 still sounded very much like the 80s, and this is yeah. one of them. Like it does not. Like I looked at this and I go, "This is 1990." Holy yeah. shit! <laughs> um, but yeah, there's it's it's a cool album. But like you know, as I got on with this, this discography, I had just sort of resigned 
to the fact that like, all right, well, Billy Idol does a whole lot of uh, soft music. And um, I just got to get used to that, I guess, because I thought I thought he was a rocker, but uh, <laughs> I guess he just you know this he has the rocker costume on, I guess you know, but um, but yeah, Charmed Life is an enjoyable album. Um, I don't really have much more to add on it. It's just uh, it's 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 more of the same. But it that being said, it's pretty well done. So it's my number three. Cool. So my number two is probably the biggest jump from any album we've seen so far so mine is whiplash smile at number two yeah um so this one for me i mean i'm a sucker for that mid-80s slick but rocking production yeah and this delivers like this feels like uh sunny crockett joined a glam band you know (laughs) (laughs) So like he's still you can got you can just like hear the, you can hear the pastels yeah. <laughs> when you're listening to yeah. it. You can tell like Jan Hammer had to join the band, <laughs> so now he's doing a bunch of like soundtracky kind of stuff in there too. But uh, so yeah, uh, world's forgotten boy totally could have been in Top Gun. Like having Steve Stevens in your band is going to make for badass guitar parts, and this song, holy shit, like what a guitar tone. What an awesome, like, melodic thing to do in the background every now and again. It's a really, really sprawling song. It's really, really cool. Really intense, too. Um, To Be a Lover is like rock and roll with synthesizers taking the lead, which is just Billy Idol doing his thing. Um, Soul Standing By, you know, someone's been watching a certain TV show set in Miami because this has a very... Like, if you listen to the synths and the the beat of it and everything, and then listen to the Miami Vice opening theme, yeah. it is very similar vibe-wise. Um, Sweet 16, the soft kind of track. Uh, Man for All Seasons is another, another one of those like kind of drag race vibe songs. Real badass, one of my favorites. Uh, Don't Need a Gun is this, like, cool action movie soundtrack-esque thing. Uh, Beyond Belief is another soft one, but with a simple kick-ass guitar solo in the middle. Um, Fatal Charm. Like, sometimes he'll literally do a hair metal song, and this is one of them, which I love. Um, All Summer Single, vibey, guitar-laden chill track, and then One Night, One Chance. It's this kind of spooky ballady track to go out on. Honestly, like production wise, it's probably my favorite of all the albums because it's it's so drenched in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, that, sonically speaking, this is right up your alley. Like you know. Yeah, it's like you say when when you when you just want to feel the vibe of the eighties. Yeah. This is the one I'll stick on. Yeah, I'll give so you that. So if I if I just want some kick ass background driving music while I pretend to be in a Testarossa. <laughs> even, even though I drive a fucking diesel Peugeot. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I've kind of doxed my car on that one. <laughs> yeah. It's not me. <laughs> it's green. <laughs> are you, are you done with the, with, with whiplash smile? 
Whiplash Smile. Yeah, my number two. Sweet. So, uh, so um, we'll we'll have a matchup at the end because my number two is Billy Idol's uh, so uh, debut album um, from 1982. Um, I think this one this one got to number two because of a similar thing where I I like the fact that it really does sound like the 80s in many many ways. Um. And this is this is the first album he did, you know, after Generation X, and yeah. it's really interesting though because like like you know, you, we you, we talked about this already where you do the first couple tracks are a little bit rocking and then you get Hot in the City, which I wasn't I already knew that song and I and just in the track listing I wasn't prepared for for Hot in yeah. the City, <laughs> um, but it's it's a fun song, but um, the from the get go the vibe I got from this particular album and everything that kind of came after it was I get the vibe and maybe this is what happened. I don't know. Cause I don't know a whole lot about Billy Idol, but it sounds like a guy who was a punk rocker and a punk rock band had some big aspirations and he goes to, you know, a, a manager or, or a major label, you know, guru and says, make me a star and they (laughs) and they said all right well you already have a good look we'll go with that don't change that look but we're gonna have to get rid of all this music maybe we'll still have a guitarist but that's it you know and so they (laughs) they sort of revamped you know and turned him into this sort of i guess the original pop punker you know it's like uh sponsored by noah's arcade hey there you go um yeah, and and because it's like it really does feel it does he doesn't he doesn't seem like an authentic punk on this album. Like if this is my introduction to <laughs> Billy Idol. And and the interesting thing is that I I wrote down this album um sounds like he looks on the album cover too clean to be dangerous. <laughs> Cuz he doesn't, he doesn't look like a dangerous punk. He looks kind of like a nice Shy kind of kid who happens to have some yeah. punk rock attire on. Now, have, have you? Are we, you about are we to talk about I, the original album cover? Yes. Yes. Where he literally has his shirt tied in a midriff. Yeah, has, it's like a red Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> isn't he? Isn't he, is he smiling too? He's I'm, like, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, like <laughs> I almost feel like that's before the 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 managers took over and they were just like, whoa, yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> Well, I had this nice shirt and I tied it in a little cute midriff. And they're like, no, punker, you're a punker. And so they, they redid the album cover with him uh, looking at still like the nicest punker I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Look, look at this fucking shirt, dude. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. That's pretty intense. I can't believe that that like was it. even okayed in the beginning at all. Like, why? Well, who would be okay with that? But um, whatever. I wonder <laughs> if that was his idea, or did they, or did somebody taking the pictures say, say, like, you know what? This looks pretty good, but you know what would kick it up a notch? Tie that shirt into a midriff. I just love the fact that his face looks like he wasn't ready for the photo, so he's just kind of surprised that there's a camera there. Yeah, maybe that, <laughs> maybe that was it. Maybe he wasn't he wasn't ready for it. He thought it was a he thought it was a, an an advert for uh, vacation flights to to Miami or something and you know he was like <laughs> oh no this is supposed to be my album cover anyway so um yeah 
um, like like we've said many times in this episode, um, it has its moments. Um, at this point, like when I was ranking all of the Billy Idol albums, I'm still not really an album fan of Billy Idol. I am a greatest hits fan of Billy Idol because mm. even here at the album that made it to number two, I had to write down it has its moments because it it overall is kind of stale 80s pop rock with some mm. real classics sprinkled in there. But um, yeah, so the only album of his that all the way through I went, this is fucking good, is our number one album. So let's hell um, yeah. So let's uh, let's uh, let's let's go ahead and jump into our joint number one Billy Idol album. Cool, Rebel Yell had to be. This- We're the Rebel Yell. Yeah, it's so fucking hard to sing like that, but yeah. he he does it, man. Um, but yeah, this took all of the coolest parts of the first album. Mm-hmm. Gave him a little bit more polish, but cranked up the badassery. Mm-hmm. And like opening with Rebel Yell, like, God damn, I love that fucking song so much. It's Gets great, me crazy yeah. pumped, motivated, ready to party, drive fast, you name it. It is one of the most well-rounded montage get ready songs ever. Also, also, I love the way the synths sound on that song. Yeah, all the way down do, to do, 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 in the middle. Do, do, do. There's a little sort of like middle eight where it does that. Yeah, I'm just like, just the the tone of it sounds really cool. The 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 melody is cool. Like that's one of those weird things where everything came together with like the guitar sound yeah. cool. His voice sounds cool. The synths also sound very cool. It's like it's a it's like it's got to be like his most perfect song. I would say just getting his yeah. getting his vibe right you know, is this song. It's a pretty metal song as well. Like it's it, stylistically. It's got a big old Maybe guitar not... solo in it too. Like, like a loud yeah. one. Yeah. It's, it's, I would go as far as to say, this is like him saying, oh shit, all of this big hair stuff is kicking off and I've got big hair, even if it is short and I'm going to jump on that. Also, uh, yeah, and we, then, we should give, I mean, we've mentioned him a couple of times, but yeah. props to Steve Stevens. Steve a- Stevens, any- man. Anybody that names themselves my name two times, you know, he's <laughs> 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 pretty cool. But uh, yeah, he, he's yeah. A, he, I feel like he's a guitar player that like people like him, but I don't think he mm. gets talked about when you, people throw out g- great guitar players. I don't think yeah. anybody says Steve Stevens, but he, it, it's very unique. The fact that he, his chosen path for the things that he's known the most for is doing yeah. music that's essentially new wave music, and he's bringing his very rock and roll guitar on you know yeah. on top of it, and so that's I think that's pretty cool. It's a it's a it's a cool idea that I wish I actually wish was done a lot more even these days to take some electronic yeah. stuff and you know some metalish stuff, but don't go the industrial route. Go the go the new wave dancey route. You know. Yeah. It's kind of like Duran Duran if Yingve played for him. <laughs> oh, that's, that would be interesting. Hell yeah. Make that happen. Someone universe. do that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, daytime drama, mysterious new wavy track with hair metal guitars in it. Mm-hmm. See, that's, again, coming back around. 
Like when that riff comes in, da -da 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 -da, like, oh, that's tasty. Yeah. Um, Eyes Without a Face is this big ass power ballad. And then there's this like full on Def Leppard bridge section in the middle with that massive riff. So That's good. one of my favorite songs um, from the 80s too, is Eyes Without a Face. Like I, it's the vibe of that song is, is utterly perfect in my opinion. Yeah. Like even songs like Blue Highway, you know, driving with this in the car is transcendent. It's fucking awesome. Barreling down the dual carriageway, flooring it to this song. Chef's kiss. Oh, yeah. Um, Flesh for Fantasy. Sexy song. Flesh! Heavy. <laughs> Flesh for Fantasy! Like. I just oh. always like the way that he, he shouts that Flesh! in. Flesh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It, it's. This one's for the Shaggin' mixtape right here. Like, totally. And Eyes Without a Face, uh, this, really. Yeah, man. But you this see, but you see what I'm saying, though? If you take Flesh for Fantasy and Eyes Without a Face, that's sexy Billy, but there's still, like, a dangerous quality to it. That's the thing as well. Like, you look at the album cover, and it, everything about this album is perfect. You got it right. The songs, the songs are great, and the vibe is fucking so good because it's, like... It's punky, it's metally, it's new wavy, it's dangerous looking. Like, you look at that red album cover, compare it to the first album where he's just kind of, he looks like he's cosplaying as a criminal. Yeah. And like, yeah. like then you get to the second one, it's him shirtless, but it's red and it's almost like hellish. And it's like, wow, this this seems like an unsavory character. I bet he gets up to some mischief. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um. Yeah, Catch My Fall, cool song, mm -hmm. great saxophone on it. I love 80s saxophone parts. That's, an like, that's another thing that I, I I don't care if it sticks out like a sore thumb. I want to hear bands have saxophone solos or melodies. And yes. Them. But I I think it's, it's for selfish reasons because I just miss that era where there would be yeah. saxophone in songs. And I don't, and I don't, I don't, and I don't mean horn section. If anyone out there is listening, that's going to start working on an album. I don't want to go back to that part of the eighties. I just want to go back to the saxophone part of the eighties. Cause it, we've talked about this before. We're like by, yeah. by the late eighties, every old school band had a horn section. So they would be playing yep. their music. And in the background, they'd be like, I'm just like, no, no, yeah. no, I don't want that. I want the tax <laughs> solo where you got to do this with your shoulders. You got to do your shoulders when you play the saxophone. Yeah. This looks like I could be eating a sandwich or cradling a giant penis, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know what? Both of those things are, you know, when you talk about a saxophone, it's uh, you put it in your mouth and it's, it's kind of, and you give it a good old blow. It's kind of fat. Yeah. It's kind of phallic in its, in its own way. It's kind of weird, but you know, I'm a fan of the saxophone. I have to, I have to, I have to say. That's uh that's saxy Billy. Sexy Billy. Yes. Hey. Yes. Um, uh, what do we got here? Uh, crank Call. Some very 80s guitar riffing in this. Um, do not. Stand in the Shadows. Stop there. Is Stop there. Let's talk about this song title. Yeah. The song. So the way that brackets are supposed to work. This song is called <laughs> Stand in the Shadows. But in parentheses, it's do not. 
Yes. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> this is the biggest mixed signals song title I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, if it's important to not stand in the shadows, shouldn't you put that in the actual song title and not in the brackets? Because then I'm very confused on what I'm supposed to do. Do I stand in the shadows or not stand in the shadows? Well, this is the thing. This is what makes uh, Rebel Yell era Billy Idol so dangerous because you just can't trust the guy. No, <laughs> like you, you, like you, you can't. You literally, are, you, you, whatever you think you're supposed to do, it's probably going to be the wrong thing, and Billy's just going to get mad at you. So you know, yeah. Stand in the shadows. Do not stand in the shadows. Whatever you do, if you see some shadows, you got some thinking to do because you know, yeah, you got a decision to make right now. Too right. Or you'll end up like the dead next door. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We, we didn't even talk uh, about Do Not Stand in the Shadows, the song, though. <laughs> uh, it's a great driving rock song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this it's just a fun, fun song. Great album. Uh, <laughs> the, t- the title has more interesting things to say than the, uh, than the song. <laughs> I love as well, like, it, 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 j- just to go back to Do Not Stand in the Shadows. Sorry, Do Not Stand in the Shadows. Uh it's it. It feels like there's one too many syllables in the chorus. Yeah. He, could, he could he could have just gone, "Don't stand in the shadows," but he went, "Do not stand in the shadows," yeah. and it feels it feels like could you have to, it's just a little apostrophe, and he's like, "I don't know how to use that." Plus it. Plus it, it's. I'm too busy being sexy and dangerous. Plus it's it's even more confusing. <laughs> it's like that old that old Mitch Hedberg bit where he talks about. You see, you see a do not disturb sign and that, that yeah. psychs you out because, because I, I think we should embrace the contraction and it should be don't disturb because you look at the sign and yeah. you think do all right. I can disturb this guy. Not shit. <laughs> I need to read faster. <laughs> anyway, shout out to Mitch Hedberg. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, and then the, finally you get the dead next door, which is a slow, powerful, somber track to close out a fucking awesome album yeah this is a this is a 10 out of 10 and it's our, our 10 out of, it's our 10 joint, out of joint number one um because like i said before this is the only one we're all the way through i was i was i was on board and really liked all of it um it's the most the, consistent the, yeah well the well also it's like because you know he has hit songs and when you only know the hit songs you go into an album and the, and those hit songs are the promise of the album so yeah with this one, it was Rebel Yell, you know, Eyes Without a Face, um, uh, Flesh for Fantasy. I knew those three songs. And the rest of the yeah. album, while not all of it is that good, it's it's good enough to to carry the album without all of a sudden there being this huge drop in quality. Um, but I agree with everything you said about how I, I feel like he got all the elements right. The synths sound cool. The guitars sound cool. He sounds cool. The production's 80s, but, you know, also sounds great. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, like I said, he didn't ever really change the main idea of what he was trying to do from album one, but this is just one where all of those ideas, everything, including the production, everything is just done way, way, way better. And, um, yeah, you know, it's like, I, I, and I think that, that what I went into this wanting from Billy Idol, this is the only album that really delivered it. Um, mm. you know, with quality songs because the, the, the rock is the rock is rocking, the new wave is new waving, and I like that, and everything just works. And um, 
I feel like this. Yeah, this is like the uh, the quintessential Billy Idol album, and I don't think anyone yeah. would disagree with that. I think if I think anybody that does a Billy Idol ranking would put this one probably at number one because it's it's just a, re- a very strong album, and yeah, um, I don't really have much else much else to add. It's 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 classic eighties music done in a fuck yeah way, as you've said one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Love that. Yeah. And then, uh, and so, three, two, one. Yeah, yeah we did it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did it, folks. Uh, and uh, <laughs> peanut butter platypus, to those of you who are still here. Um, to the diehards. The diehards know what peanut butter platypus means. Um, and if you don't, and you're here, then just make it whatever you want to make it. Just, just know yeah. that it applies to you for being here now. Whether you're in YouTube world or podcast world, um, you are uh, you're appreciated. And um, yeah, um, any any final thoughts on Billy Idol or anything before we wrap it up? All I can say is, throughout this entire episode, I've been looking at myself in the tiny little tiny little window there, and my contact lens has been playing up today, and I look deformed. And like one of my lenses is kind of cloudy and it looks like there's double of everything slightly. So I'm like, dear God, do my eyes really look that fucked up? I can't, I, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm having a bad eyesight day. What can I say? That's all right. No, nobody would have even known. It's a miracle I even read any of my fucking notes. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, one more time. I'm going to do it. Okay. Now, yeah, now, he did now. it. <laughs> Um, that was fun. That was a. I, it, it's a. Ni- it's a nice deviation to not only yeah. not only go into the to, to some eighties style music, but also uh, looking at a at a discography that's a that's essentially all about one person. You know, it's like sure Steve mm. Stevens is very important, and and everybody else that plays. You know, you know, I'm sure, you know, a lot of great musicians went into making a lot of this music. But at the end of the day, it's the Billy Idol show. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah, that was fun. Um, ne- next, next week we will be back, uh, with another band and, um, cool. I'm not going to give anything away except for, I'm very much looking forward to it and it will be very interesting. So mm. um, that's, a, that's all I'm going to say. In fact, I don't think anyone cool. would be able to guess anyway, cause it's, um, who knows anyway. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, that, 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 that wraps up Billy. Eilish Idol Idol Yeah Because he's a bad guy Oh wait no Eilish does the bad guy song Billy hey. Idol is the bad guy <laughs> We're off the rails Sorry yeah. <laughs> um, my, In my brain I'm all like Can I think of another Billy Eilish song Besides bad guy Because I think That's the only one I know um, I've heard other ones That were cool Anyway So that's the Billy Eilish ranking <laughs> 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 all right, so let's 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 wrap this up, um, and uh, uh, we'll see you all again in a week uh, with another band. Um, we love you. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Go subscribe to Eddie Sparks if you're not. Um, subscribe to me if you're not, because I am really fucking close to ten thousand subscribers. I have mm. like forty five to go or something. So man, it is. 
tantalizingly close. That is insane. I I don't get shit for it once once I hit ten thousand. It's just the it's just me all of a sudden being like, man, I've been doing this for like th- about three years now, and finally, I'm in the double digits. Hey. Well, when it comes to the K's, I mean, it's, it's thousands. Anyway, whatever. Anyway, thank you very much for listening and thank you very much for watching. And as usual, I'm going to toss it over to Mr. Eddie Sparks to take us out. Ow! Later, dude!